Oh, hello, the internet and my wonderful students, and welcome to Season 196, Episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist. It's a production of iHeartRadio. It is also a podcast where we take the deepest of dives into the most American of shared consciousnesses. I believe that's a word, and don't test me because I am a substitute teacher. You will respect my authority. It's Thursday, August 5th, 2021. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Hideo Noho is my sort of nickname, but if you really want to get down with an anagram, you can call me uh, Serial Jim or Misery Gal. And I had to give myself an anagram name to honor my wonderful guest host today. Uh, she is, I mean, just a legend, okay? She Stop. is a podcast host, okay? You might know her from the Bechdel cast. You might know her as a comedian. You might know her as a teacher of comedians or a teacher of writing. You might know her from her master's degree <laughs> in film writing. Please welcome my, one of my absolute favorite people to talk to. Please welcome Caitlin Durante. Hi, thank you so much, Miles, for having me. It's mm-hmm. me, Caitlin Durante, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Urinal Tit Dance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Urinal tit dance. A.K.A. Anal tit inducer. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, these are courtesy of Andy Townsend, who sent me a list and then made that list into a Google Doc spreadsheet where that are categorized by anagrams of my name that have like tit, anal, paint, y- urine. Um, uh, nut, um, mm. and then other ones that <laughs> are, I suppose, a little less, or you know, like more PG rated. You mean boring? You mean not hard yeah, hitting, exactly. not impactful, not thought provoking? Sure. I mean, everyone's doing the urinal tit dance. Check TikTok, okay? Yeah. That's what do you think phrase. I am? A, a clean anagrammer? <laughs> I go no. blue with the anagrams. They know that. Uh, well, Caitlin, let's please welcome our guest today. This is another person, a wonderful guest, somebody who I love to see around town. Sometimes I see your sister and I think it's her <laughs> and it's not her. Please welcome a comedian, a podcaster, an all around just fantastic performer and person, personality and psychedelic experimenter. I would even say Teresa Lee. Oh, I'm going to try to sing this one I just wrote. Okay. Okay. Bad for you if you're not vaccinated and can be, but me, I got the Pfizer shot in my arm. Bad for you if you didn't want to do that. You've lost your mind. You think it's your right. Spreading COVID variants all over the world. You want to get infected. I really don't get it, but I guess bad for us. Ooh. I really Ooh. lost it at the end there, but Yay. you know. No, 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 no. What was that to the tune of? Was that Paramore? No, it was Good For You by What is that? Oh, see, I don't even. Oh, that's Good right. For you. Oh no, Happy you do. Look, I, I'm old. Okay, look at me. I go, Ooh, that Paramore. <laughs> and you're like, it's Olivia Rodrigo, the most famous artist on the planet at the moment. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her song Car. That one's dope. It's probably a sign of like your good mental health and boundary setting that you don't know who she is. Um, no, I do know because uh, Her Majesty <laughs> plays it, and I like the one uh, Strawberry Ice Cream Malibu because all the time. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, I identify with this. And, like, I was never, like, angsty to the point where, like, you'll never love somebody the way I do and my friends are haters. I more identify with the Jealous songs where mm. she's like, oh, I bet you're doing all that old shit with the new one now, huh? <laughs> That's when I'm like, get him, Olivia, get him. 
It is wild because I love an angsty breakup song. Like my karaoke song used to be um, "Before He Cheats." I mm. am, I've grown out of it, so I'm enjoying this like the youth and singing it here because I yeah. love bubblegum pop. But I can't get into the words because I'm now at the point, and I don't think this is like necessarily a good thing. It might just be I'm like tired of being sad. But when I hear that, I'm like, <laughs> why would you even be thinking about an old? Re- just think about yourself. Yeah. Like it's like th- to the point where I'm like, he sounds toxic, and honestly, don't waste another minute. But I get it, you know. But also, don't think about him. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's the thing. Is like it's it's like the era of our lives when like we would do furious note writing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. To be like, mm. I have to give you a note. Remember that shit in school? Oh, like, yeah. Oh. I just don't send them. They just, like, I have diaries and di- I have a whole box of um, letters I've written to Oh, like to people. all the boys I've loved before. That movie is right. based on you. Yeah, but it's more like to all the boys that have not loved me yet. Mm-hmm. yet uh... <laughs> Possibly in the future or anyone. But yeah, I don't know. That's where I feel like that was like the height of drama, like in high school, because like we have phones and we were barely texting like around the early aughts by the time I was getting out. But like, if someone was like, "Yo, she, did you see the note that she wrote that she gave to her?" Like, they're done. Like, they're they're oh, like not even yeah. friends anymore based on the thickness of that note and the way she folded it. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Anyway, welcome to uh, the Chugi, uh, you know, reminiscing podcast, uh, starring some, <laughs> you know, just one geriatric millennial and two people that he has convinced to be guests. Anyway, before we get to know you a little bit better, Teresa, let's just give people a quick idea of what we're going to be talking about today uh we got all kinds of stuff from the republicans going from defending the muppets to hating the muppets uh you know it's it's hard when you have no actual morality so Mm. we'll kind of look Mm -hmm. into what their newest beef is with the muppets andrew cuomo his defense is laughable uh in terms of all of the you know the investigation of what's come out Yet he thinks it's effective, and I think that's pretty indicative of kind of how far <laughs> we, uh, yeah, how far we have to go societally. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about this Olympic story about this Belarusian sprinter, and it sounds like a high drama film filled with you know secret police and you know secret recordings and the threat of bodily harm and all kinds of interesting, not interesting, tragic stuff. Um, and then I think we'll even uh, maybe. Check in with the kids. You know how I'm. You know how I'm in touch with the kids because I knew that was an Olivia Rodrigo track. Well, you bet. <laughs> you better believe I'm on TikTok or at least reading NBC News where they're telling me about the frozen honey trend and it's causing people some bodily issues. Um, so we'll get into that because the kids are not all right. But first, <laughs> oh, <no>. Teresa, <laughs> let us know what's something from your search history that is just revealing about who you are or what you're up to. Uh, I just Googled this this morning, so this is uh, very revealing, I guess. I, I Googled, how do you match um, white paint to a wall? Because I have a lot of holes in my wall from um, trying to become a father during quarantine. I, I put up a lot of, th- not from punching the wall, like a benevolent father <laughs> who has been home improving. But I, I've installed new blinds and things and also was bad at some of the installations. So there's a lot of holes. I decided it's time to fill them in. But um, it's like a white wall, but it's not a white wall. You know what I mean? So I really the the instructions that I got were like to cut off a piece of the wall, which seems kind of silly. So they have also apps apparently that you can match the color 
I still don't really know. I'm going to try yeah, the app how, one and see how that works. <laughs> it's not like a thing like if in my mind, like in the olden days, you just bring like a, some scrapings and you're like, hey, can you match this? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? This, is, this looks like dust. That's literally what it said. It was like you could cut an inch square, but it has to be an inch. I'm like, well, where am I going to cut an inch off my wall? Like, I don't know yeah. how that's going to happen. That's just another hole you have to fill in and paint over then. I it's, know. And there's so many holes in my heart already. It's like, it's like really backed <laughs> up, you know. So wait, is this like that scene in American Psycho where they're like, and his business card was bone colored. And then this one was, I, so it's like, there's all these different colored like, versions so. of white. Basically. I mean, yeah. I assume it's like, because my sister, when she used to live with me, did um, try to fill up some holes with spackling. And there now are just like really weird looking patches of different whites all over the uh -huh. wall. So I don't want to do that. But uh, I don't know how to, I don't know what the right answer is. So I yeah. guess I, I'm sure one of the listeners, anyone want to come to my house and yeah. paint my walls? Or like, fine. yeah, the <laughs> any, home improvements, I gang, please come through for Teresa. Yeah. What is she supposed to do? Or, you know, or I guess the other version is like, wow, you might have to pick a whole new fucking color. Yeah. <laughs> or I can make the whole wall a hole and then or, it will all match. Love Does that. like the maintenance, like or like a, a like a superintendent, yeah, building manager, they will be like, oh yeah, we always use this color white. That's usually what they do. That's probably they, true. I just don't want to alert a, them to the fact that I'm putting holes in the wall. <laughs> this is what you do. You say, I love the wall color in here, and mm. I had a guest come by, and they were absolutely <laughs> in love with it. Can you tell me what the color is so I can let them know what it is? They're yeah. huge fans. I really want to dye color. my hair to match the walls in. Um, my house yeah. <laughs> can you tell Easy. me the exact pantone so i can take it to my stylist exactly or maybe you just you you, you create a like a burner email account and you're like oh, yeah. hello i'm an interested uh perspective <laughs> tenant and Most... i would love to know what exactly the hue of the this is this will very much uh, impact my decision of whether or not to move into the building. this is gonna be like a new serial podcast it's just like the hunt for the <laughs> the right yeah. color wow or it's just like or just our generation and the younger generation's inability to ask direct questions a lot of the times <laughs> like so what do i do rather just be like hi can you tell me the, the paint color um or yeah if there's like you know any maintenance people they should usually know or just if there's a if a supply yeah. room break in and then take <gasps> note of the paint paint heist all yeah, right all right paint the movie, heist, fine paint say no more okay, i'll write paint it heist. yeah, yeah we got to do it okay Let's uh, move on to something that you think is overrated, Teresa. What would that be? I Okay, this is new for me. So this is old Zeitgang who have heard me talk about things. This is a new Teresa. I think having a high credit score is overrated. And I don't mean like in the way that like I know credit cards suck. And that is true. But I mean like I had a high credit score and I was thinking that this was like a pillar of right. my personality. <laughs> and if I just do this, my life will be okay. And then I realized that... Um, that it's all a scam but not only that but i just got a credit card because I, I just directed a short film but i haven't raised the money for it yet but mm -hmm. to do this i took a credit card out with zero percent apr for 15 months and i spent the money before i i still don't have the money but i spent it and i realized like i directed a short and then i'm like whatever happens like i maybe i'll end up on the street but more than likely i'll figure it out I still don't know what's going to happen, but the reality is I did the directing part already. So I realized mm -hmm. like, okay, like worst case scenario, I blow up my credit score and I finish a short. Best case scenario, yeah. I crowdfund or figure it out and pay it off. But yeah. in no way would I have done this if I was waiting to make the money. So I just realized like, it's all a scam. Like just 
the more the bank owns you, the more they want to keep you alive. And now I feel like they own me and they want me alive. So they're not going to yeah. kill me, you know? Yeah, they'll just they'll let the other uh, industries do that for them yeah. <laughs> on their behalf. They're like, oh, well, it's a shame that you couldn't afford to live. But yeah, I, I, I definitely at one point, I remember I used to, I dated somebody who like credit score shamed me. And mm-hmm. like, I kind of mm-hmm. took it personally at the time because I was a very privileged thing to do i remember i was trying to get a tv and they're like hey like you want to finance it i'm like what's that and they're like well maybe you can just do payments i'm like okay and they're like oh you don't have any credit sir i'm like oh because i don't have i was like that means you have no debt i mean the only reason i started with a high credit score my extremely high student loans and this whole time i was like i'm so responsible but like no it's because you were a dumb idiot at 17 years old and you signed your life away <laughs> yeah now i'm like oh i'm about to pay my mazda off Ooh, you know that credit score about to be jumping and then i will call that x i'll be like you should look at it now it's 620 <laughs> <laughs> it's not good still anyway <laughs> that's how shit is sometimes um Teresa, what is something you think is underrated um what is something i think is underrated animals that talk and i don't mean like talk like huskies okay i mean like Animals are, I don't know if you guys are spending much time on animal TikTok. This is not like a Demi Lovato talking to alien situation. There are plenty of animals out there who like, you spend time with your pets and they all have those little things where they like kind of understand that one thing where you're like, that's oddly human of them. But I think it's mm-hmm. very common because um, just living things, living in capa- close capacity with each other are going to pick up communication skills. And we have English, but obviously like, you know, you have shorthand with your best friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually think that we're getting to this point where animals that we see as very dumb or cute that they speak human are actually like learning how to speak human. And I'm seeing a general trend of like dogs really understanding a lot more overall, not just like your pet dog, like understanding how the world of humans work. And pretty soon they will be asking us not to cut their balls off. And we will have to make that choice because if your dog could ask you, would you trust it to wear a condom? Is, you know, like, would you? Mm. Mm. This is not where I saw this. <laughs> going. I just mean, I just mean they're learning. They're learning how to communicate because they have to. By necessity, they live with us. What are some examples that you're seeing where you're like, oh, shit. My dog, for sure, I'll say, understands way too much English to the point where at first we thought it was like kind of silly and cute. But then we realized like he really does understand. Like I, I would I was talking about like going on a hike in the morning once like sunrise hike and he woke up before and he never wakes up that early but he woke up like four and I was like why is he up so early and he was like ready to go and then I was with my boyfriend I was like I think it's I think he heard us I was like right. well he understood that we said we were going and another time he wouldn't eat his food when he met my boyfriend's parents and they sat there watching him and I was like oh god he's embarrassing me because they were like why isn't he eating and then um, my boyfriend's dad was like maybe he wants tacos and I've never taught him the word taco but he looked over at my boyfriend's dad and walked over and sat on his lap and was like like literally like yeah i do want tacos right um these are bad examples but there are more on tiktok there's one of a like another dog literally walking like a corgi making fun of a corgi like squatting and it's like a big terrier and it squats and then the corgi turns around and it stands up and then it does it again it's like taunting it like oh these are (laughs) these animals (laughs) dog bullying are are just doing like human (laughs) things 
Uh, because they learn from us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How's so it? not only are our phones listening to us, now our dogs are listening to us. Great. Yeah, exactly. And now they <laughs> now they have takes on things like the accusations against Joe Biden and if they're <laughs> worth sussing out as well. Or maybe not. I'm surprised. I was I saw cats having that discussion the other day on the street. But yeah, it's the things that I see on TikTok are never animals because uh, it thinks I'm I'm on some other shit. I see the weirdest shit. It's like always weird skits, stuff about like mm. L.A. culture and then like like weird food. You got to like go and ride the wave because I've been through so many subcultures of TikTok and sometimes yeah. I'll want to hang on to one. Sometimes I'll want to get out. But what I've learned is you just you just ride it like. Yeah. Just act natural, like like what you like, don't like what you like, and it'll the algorithm will know. And the algorithm will know because that's really what TikTok is, is it a is, massive experience to train it. this like machine learning <laughs> thing. Don't no, I mean it. that's why sometimes but see, that's how I reclaim my power and I throw it curveballs. No, I'm but like, if you like treat yourself like well, I didn't realize I needed to be talking to trees and animals and here we are. And I yeah. think that it's made me a better communicator with the trees. Less humans. Humans now don't understand me at all. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on past yeah, them. Yeah, I'm past that. For sure. All right. Well, let's move past that segment and take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back to talk some news. And we're back. Republicans, Muppets, countrymen, mm. lend me your ears. Uh, what is happening? I don't know. In, in this week's edition of Now They Love Them, Now They Don't, we have Fox News and Friends, uh, the Fox and Friends crew. They're talking about how the Muppets have become too woke. Um, and, you know, since they can't talk about things like COVID or like climate change or like even politics anymore because they're like, we can't like let anyone know that anything positive might be happening or, you know, acknowledge the omni crisis, omni crisis that we're facing. Uh, let's just let's lean into the culture wars. So they've spent a lot of time, you know, the agenda on bullshit, like smearing critical race theory or like just general fear mongering xenophobia. But in this case, they want parents of young kids to be alarmed with the kind of messages that are coming out of the newest Muppet Babies series. When I heard it, I was like, wait, Muppet Babies, the old one? But there's a new one. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't realize because, again, I'm old. Um, and let's just listen to the discourse around what they believe is the problem with the Muppets because they are just too darn woke. Yeah. All right. In other news, uh, we haven't done anything about cartoons yet or about animated series. We right. don't cover that. <clears throat> we don't. Uh, Muppets Babies uh, has a character by the name of Gonzo. Gonzo wanted to attend a royal ball. And I believe we've got a clip where uh, Gonzo wanted to wear a dress and two characters said to him that boys are not supposed to wear, boys are supposed to wear night clothes. Night costumes. K-N-I-G-H-T clothes. Uh, however, a fairy rat father, according to the foxnews.com <laughs> story, uh, granted Gonzo's wish to become a princess. And that's what happens. Watch this. So they go on and they play this clip. And again, I like how they go, normally we don't cover things like animated. Y'all were <laughs> screaming about Mr. Potato Head, you <laughs> fucking dimwits. The fuck are you talking about? I mean, normally this is so highbrow elevated discussion of all things, you know, culture and news. <laughs> but yes, uh, they'll, they play a very long clip. But let me just get to the summation. Essentially, 
I think we all know where this is going, but just we'll let them say this in their words um, here. So then uh, at the end of the ball, the glass slipper is left and they're trying to find out who it belongs to. And Miss Piggy says, we met the most amazing princess last night at the ball. And uh, then Gonzo says, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to the ball tonight was me. And then some of the other Muppets said, it wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear to the ball. Gonzarella makes his debut. Uh, is this what kids were clamoring for from the Muppets cross-dressing? Was that a big ask? <gasps> Something they were missing in their lives? I, th what this is, There's is, I mean, we can, you can overdo it, but we've also underdone it for too long. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm, I'm off this. They definitely want to make a point of saying, like, what? like this is political, but at the same time, like, the whole build-up to this, you have to say very rat father yeah like there's so many things that are already like these are muppets there's not even a boy <laughs> like yeah. where are the genitals this isn't a like, news story do you story. even care <laughs> these are puppets with hands in their like <laughs> like to build they're gonna yeah they're gonna, they're gonna be debating like the afterlife with the movie soul like pretty soon too they're like <laughs> i mean who knows what's going on in this documentary film they're like what but I, yet, yeah. the way they like beat for beat, especially when uh, Ainsley Earhart's like, and then the and then they lose the the slipper, and then they're looking for it, and then they come up and they say we're sorry. Like, it's why are we going beat for beat? Like, <laughs> because you have to stretch this weird thing out. Like, we, okay, okay, what's the point here? It's like if yeah, to me, I feel like they are at the point where if they actually say what they think, they already know it sounds totally yeah, they know wrong. It's gonna be, like, if they were to say what they really think, which is like. We don't like that Gonzo's like presented as kind of male, even though he's a fake made up character that doesn't exist fucking Gonzo. and is also not an animal. <laughs> but because we have perceived him as male and we call him he, it's weird that he wears a dress in this childhood fantasy fairy tale that also is not real and all of it's magic and that's against the Bible. But anyways, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like they're huh? contradicting so many things. Yeah, I, th I haven't watched this specific clip, but I was reading about the about like what happens in the show where by the end of the episode gonzo comes out as non-binary says my pronouns are they them miss piggy who had been like no boys wear boy clothes and girls wear girl clothes and you can't right. like you know miss piggy apologizes and like to me it's like, like obviously this is important messaging to be in children's media and like Love that we have that there. And then, yeah, whatever these Fox News <laughs> shitheads are just like getting outraged about television, like children's programming. That Yeah, they're like, oh, they're not supposed to understand that gender is a construct until at least college. <laughs> we can't we can't alert them to that early on because they have to subscribe to toxic gender norms at <laughs> the earliest of age and then spend the rest of their lives grappling with that. It's almost yeah. like if these Fox News uh, anchors had grown up with better modeling in their TV shows mm -hmm. that oh, they would what? have a but better experience communicating <laughs> their wants and needs. But <gasps> too bad they didn't have it and everyone else needs to suffer. Well, because you know what's wild? If you remember at the beginning of the year, the Muppets were, they were like trying to defend them. Donald Trump Jr., I don't know if you remember, because they put disclaimers in front of episodes. He came out and said, this is a tweet from him. So this is his words. And it's, this is what he says, quote, apparently the Muppets have now been canceled. There's nothing these psychos won't destroy. Liberalism is a disease. Okay. <laughs> All because they were, again, this is the thing that would uh, run at the you know beginning of episodes. Because if the deal is they were putting it in front of these old ass episodes from like the 70s and shit. 
that have aged like a fine shrimp cocktail left out in the <laughs> desert sun for 72 hours. So, yeah, they were like, these are fucked up. So this is the thing that would read before the episode. It's a quote, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, these stereotypes were wrong then and they are wrong now. This is the thing that Donald Trump Jr. and the rest of the conservative media sphere was pushing back against because they were acknowledging it. Because in some of these episodes included one where Johnny Cash was singing in front of a Confederate flag. Oh, God. <laughs> they were, again, the disclaimer said, rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create uh, a more inclusive future together. Now, whether or not those conversations are being had is another issue. But at the very least, they're saying up top, yo, sorry about this is not good. But let's remember this is bad and this is how we have to move forward from. So enjoy your Muppetry. But. I have a per- like a little personal anecdote, not Muppets, but about children's TV. Because I was recently writing like freelance writing for like children's shows, and mm-hmm. I was surprised how much more they are regulating the modeling of behavior in a way that I think is really hopeful. But it's for the future. But in a way that definitely was not around. Like I remember watching Looney Tunes, and it was just people. I mean, the animals hurting each other, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It was whatever, you know, like... Shooting uh, each other in the head. Like, yeah, like now when right. I watch it, I'm like, gosh, this is so violent. But now there's little things where if someone does something bad, like, oh, I cheated in this game. Because you want to learn a lesson for the kids. Yeah. But they do that. They need to immediately have consequences or it's not good modeling. To the point where I was like, oh, wow. Like, we must... Like, I was so used to watching this version where... The protagonist just does things wrong, and at the end they learn. But you let yeah. things fall apart. But now but then a lot we look of at it... the old Looney Tunes and shit, and Bugs Bunny was doing all kinds of fucked no up consequences. shit. consequences. Yeah. yeah. So and now I'll... it's a lot. I've realized like they are very watchful of that. Not all. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in the like internet digital, but this is like for you know a TV channel, and they really do put a lot of time into um, how to model behavior. So I like that. I think it's like that must come a long way because you know. Yeah. I don't feel like I knew when I was being abused, you know, in relationships. So it's like now maybe I'll ha- the kids will have a better idea what's right or wrong. Yeah. What boundaries are, what yeah. consequences are. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I even think, you know, again, the Fox and Friends crew, you know, they obviously decided to go the homophobic route to try and, you know, get their audience to be so offended by this when really they could just, you know, what this is about is not bullying people yeah. because of how they want to dress or present themselves. Right. Like that's the that's the that's what is the message here it's not all the little boys shall wear dresses from henceforth because of this cartoon but again (laughs) since they can't say this is a message about not bullying they're they obviously have to go that route so i mean the original cinderella was also not a princess like she she also was fantasizing to be a princess like the whole thing is like it's the same message but they just swapped i mean yeah by default it, the whole thing is a lie, and she was aspirational. I feel like yeah. it's like in the in Fox and Friends perfect world, everyone would just be like an adult who's too into Disney because that's what they do. They infantilize everybody. Right. And it's like, do you want that? No, you want people to grow up and grow out of that phase. You don't yeah. want to take your kids to Disneyland. I mean, you some adults, it's fine. Do acid, go to Disneyland, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it's fun, but like that way, do it that way. <laughs> you want the ratio to be more children and families you don't want to show up and be like oh shit we ruined disneyland like you're like oh you it's, a, it's a daycare for people that are regressing <laughs> yeah. at a rapid rate like, okay. then it just feels like an edm festival you know it's like ah yeah <laughs> oh that would be wild oh man that reminds me of uh grad night that they used to do at disneyland uh-huh. where they would turn disneyland into a rave uh from 8 p.m <sighs> to 8 a.m all would, night would go would go that um, does sound fun yeah. <laughs> 
It was, yeah. I mean, it was wild. Like the last thing you do senior year in high school and like everybody was on drugs and like everybody got in trouble because they're like, why do your eyes, your pupils look like that? I'm like, I don't know. I think the Indiana Jones ride was too bright or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you were like in high school. Like the, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, now yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm in my <clears throat> third decade of the year of the life. And uh, third it's, decade. I like to feel I'm still the same age as high school, but it, if a group of people my age at filling up Disneyland on drugs would be very different. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Maybe that's the evolution of Disneyland that it's meant to be. And who are we to stand in the way of that? That it's a place for people to experiment with psychedelic drugs oh, and be like surrounded by all this childhood imagery. So they really do some introspection about their upbringing. I don't know. Mm, and I'm not a therapist. That I think that's it could like, be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Or traumatizing. I don't know. Again, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I'm just some dude who got really fucked up at Disneyland once. <laughs> um, okay. I want to move on to talk about New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, and his predatory behavior that has been revealed very clearly after Attorney General uh, Letitia James released the findings of her office. I think this line sums it all up. Quote, we, the investigators appointed to conduct an investigation into allegations of sexual harassment by Governor Andrew M. Cuomo, conclude that the governor engaged in conduct constituting sexual harassment under federal and New York state law. Okay. That's it. That that seems pretty nailed on. Again, they say the pronouncement came after a months long investigation that included interviews with 179 people and the reviewing of more than 74,000 documents uh, and ended with a stunning finding that Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women, including state employees and a New York state trooper. He also retaliated against one woman who had gone public with her allegations against him. This is what's in the AG report. Oh, gosh. Um, couldn't be a clearer picture. Yeah. Of someone that has a clear history with harassment, that has a clear pattern of behavior, doesn't see their transgressions as transgressions at all. Mm -hmm. Yet he's doing this whole thing where he, because like he knows that doing the conservative or old school defense, which is they're all liars, is going to result in calamity. Like that mm -hmm. was, that's like the one thing that I feel like he's like, okay, since Me Too happened, you can't say they're liars. So what I do now is you yes and it. <laughs> Okay, that's I'm in the improv. I yes yeah, and he's like I did that, but I also did other things. So why aren't you getting those things? All those things are bad, right? And like that's yeah. Well, and I just want to play because again, as it relates to his yes ending, this he he released a, a video, um, and we touched on it kind of briefly yesterday. But he released this video where he's essentially being like, "Yeah, dude, I I touch people in the face all the time." Um, and and this is how, this is how his just how sort of. I don't know, just ridiculous, this, this defense is. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old, straight, so LGBTQ, powerful people, <laughs> friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. Okay. All, all underneath that was the most cringy fucking slideshow yeah. of him and Bill like, Clinton just exchanging powers. Of, if like, yeah, they're just like, how did you harass? They were like nose to nose. Yeah. And again, even in these photos, no one looks comfortable. No, that's mm -mm. The thing. It's like all these. I mean, I imagine other people who are in these videos might watch and go like, oh yeah, that was weird, and now it's weirder that you highlighted. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. This is actually. <laughs> so his defense is like. No, no, no. I make everyone uncomfortable that I come in contact with. Exactly. I don't discriminate against anybody. I will make every single person, no regardless of age, gender, sexuality, 
I, I will touch them all and that makes it okay. Yeah. And, right? and I think that's what uh, Marie Solis in Jezebel wrote, you know, essentially that like this is how sort of the men are still able to hijack this narrative of what's actually happening by leaning into this thing of like, I do it all the time is now robbing the like mm. the, these these people who have these allegations against him of the actual truth of it all, which is that they did this and they made me feel uncomfortable because now he's doing it to be like, I do it to everybody. So they're just tripping. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the problem? That's the that's the way it has now yeah. spun. And granted, you know, a lot like, you know, many people have been like, uh, you need to resign. It seems that in Andrew Cuomo's mind, he's done the good part by saying like, yeah, but I do that all the time. So like, what's the problem here? It totally takes and away the point that like people want to express how it makes them feel. Because he's just saying like, well, I didn't mm -hmm. mean it that way. And say like as someone who knows a lot of people and has personal experience, like having to like on a very small scale, like go through third party investigations. It is very hard. Like companies include like they will go through every length to make sure that they're protected. So if this is actually the findings, you know, it was so much worse. Yeah. Well, this one, the difference being, though, the attorney general's office, they hired an independent body. But they to always investigate do that. It. They always, quote unquote, yeah. hire an independent. And they're always like, legally, could could you poke holes in this in court? And then they try to poke every hole. And the fact that they couldn't means that they were like, well, you got to just admit to some of this. And he was like, well, why don't I just not think it's wrong? Which is the old boys will be boys mentality of like, well, I never knew. I get one yeah, warning, same with right? Kavanaugh. Yeah. Like mm. I get one warning, you know, uh, now I know I'm it's sorry. wrong. I won't I do it again. I couldn't Whoops. do that. I grew up watching <laughs> Looney Tunes where Bugs Bunny did whatever the fuck he wanted to. I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe if I was watching this new Muppet baby stuff, I'd be less of a creep. <laughs> Well, because it's wild that he's not even acknowledging like, oh, fuck, I made them feel bad. Like the whole time is like, well, it's OK because I didn't mean to make them feel bad. No. Like, what? Well, what? It's what like if you your <laughs> intention doesn't matter if the results are like. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Oh, God. Yeah. But so this is sort of where things are at. You know, again, like Joe Biden, <laughs> interestingly enough, he's like, you should resign. And many people are like, what about Tara Reid? But yeah, this is the whole thing with this sort of moment is. This is sort of the new age defense for like liberal men to just be like, yes, and it's normal to now be like, see, I admitted to it, but I'm going to completely change the narrative by just saying how traditional or normal this is. Um, mm -hmm. The thing that's interesting is like a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, can you resign? Like, are you what 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 is the deal here? Because a lot of write ups are like, this surely has to be the end of him, his, you know, his tenure as governor. But here's the thing. He does have his eye on a fourth term, and you'd think that he would just not run again. If he's if he's refusing to resign, maybe he'll say, you know what, though, I won't be running for a fourth term. Like, I understand, like at a minimum, but he hasn't really even said that. And the reason he's running for a fourth term or might want to is because like most emotionally healthy men, he is in a made up competition with his dad, um, <laughs> former governor Mario Cuomo, who is his father, was governor of New York. And he ran for a fourth term and he lost to George Pataki in 1994. And a lot of people think he wants to do what his old man couldn't and win that fourth wow. term. And like all this shit is like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to, I'll just do what I got to do to get to this fourth term to prove I'm better than daddy. <laughs> Why so. are we still waiting for his, like, I do think that we are still, like you said it miles earlier that there was a long way to go. And I think it's the way the specifically what I feel like we haven't bridged is the fact that the power structure is still in the, the hands of most of these men. Yeah. 
Like we're still kind of waiting for them to acknowledge the pain or say like, you got me. And it's like the reality is I think we just need to be like, yeah, you don't have the power anymore. And it's okay if you don't think you did anything wrong, but like we all agree that you did. And so that's the truth now because for so long their truth was the truth and it just wasn't. And Yeah, I think those are the growing pains as you try and see a society grapple with this kind of misogyny is like, we're we're just in that like the infancy where the the best yeah. men are gonna do now is like yeah but it's okay but it's normal I did that but it's normal. It's like when versus... you try to break up with someone and you want them to agree like you it's hard you but you sometimes just have to <laughs> do it like it's not like they might not sign off they might be like Can you no. agree to this breakup like no. I, you just have to be like it's over sometimes they might be like but the longer you keep talking the more they might be like but maybe like. And I've yeah. been on both well, sides of that. It's just like, sure. you just have to cut it. You just have to be like, it's over. You did the thing. We see it. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like someone with this pattern of behavior of just like toxic, harassing, predatory behavior, you can't be like, okay, well, resign because you did the wrong thing. Because he's like, well, I didn't do. He still doesn't think he did anything he wrong. So like he yeah. can't, yeah. you can't hold, make or expect these people to hold themselves accountable like that. That's just not how that works. So yeah, there's yeah. got to be something else. Yeah, I mean, I I wish one day it, it could just be like, you know, if you if you're committing sexual harassment that again, according to them, uh, constituting sexual harassment under federal and New York state law, you'd be like, yeah, that that means you're done. Like that's automatic, you know. Like if that's found, oh, that's criminal. Is that not in right. their job description? Like you can't get fired for that. Come on. Like him owning it, quote unquote, owning it would be like, yeah, I messed up really bad. I'll resign now. Sorry, everybody. But that was uh, terrible. Yeah, you're right. I've I got a lot of thinking to do. And also, I'm a millionaire. So like, there's really no big deal. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be right. Broke. I'll still be fine. But my dad. But my dad. <laughs> but though. Daddy. Oh, geez. Please, Andrew. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it seems like the pressure could be mounting, but I, I seldom do we see very powerful men, um, you know, relinquish their power like that. Right. Um, check out the rest of history for more examples. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. talk really quickly about this Belarusian sprinter, oh, yeah. Kristina Simonuskaya. She was making headlines last week and not because of her prowess on the track but because she feared for her life after criticizing her coaches on Instagram. And I just want to kind of like just describe the like sort of back and forth that occurred. Mm. So it started when the 24-year-old runner, this is from the Daily Beast, she thought she was going to run in the 200 meter. That's like her event. She runs the two. But then they, she realized her track coaches had put her also as a participant in the four by 100 meter relay. And no one told her that. No one consulted her. And she's like, I'm, I need to focus on the one race that I actually may have a chance to medal in. I don't, mm-hmm. have you seen, we're not going to win the four by one. Like I'm here to do the 200. This is really fucked up. Like, and I don't like that. No one even asked me about this. And so she posted a video really angry, con- you know, really criticizing the coaches on the team. And so the post came down, but the thing is everyone in Minsk, the capital of Belarus had already like saw it. And the order quote came through for her to return home immediately so this is when shit got real uh, because Belarus is considered, you know, Europe's like last dictatorship um, where Lukashenko, he's been in power for 27 years and uses torture, murder, everything to intimidate dissenters like he it's it's fucking awful. So she made a partial recording of the confrontation when her coaches pulled up to her room and said, yo, you got to go home like we're, we're putting you on a plane um, because we got the order and 
at first, they tried to convince her that it will be all good. They were like, you know, we can just chalk this up to a childish indiscretion. All will be forgotten, but let's just go home and like, you know, let's take the L and everything will be okay. She told them, you and I both know that's not going to happen. Like, you know, everything is not going. She's like, I fear from what will happen to me if I go back. Like, let's be real. We're both from this same country. Mm -hmm. We know what the stakes are. Then they tried to pivot to sort of like her altruism and said, look, man, if you don't come, like a lot of people are going to suffer. Okay, like it's going to fall on me for not getting you there. It's, it might fuck up the chances of your other teammates because of this whole thing. Because earlier, some athletes had also like signed on to a letter that was critical of Lukashenko. And like that caused a bunch of problems for them. And they're like, please, like, don't make us suffer because you were just you were so indignant. That didn't work either because she's like, I know what will happen to me if I go back. I do not want to go back. And yeah, maybe I misstep, but she, I'm, I did it. And now I'm I'm in a position where I'm not going to go back. Then they tried to appeal to her religious beliefs. Like, and just again, she said, no, I'm not, I don't care. Like, try another one. Then they ultimately <laughs> tried to force her onto a plane back to Minsk at Narita Airport. And she fled to police and clung to them. So they weren't able to physically put her on the plane. And then she ducked out in the Polish embassy for a couple of days before she returned to the airport to head to Poland because the government had offered her and her husband refuge, like with her and her husband. So mm -hmm. she was like, okay, let me do that. The thing is, when she got to the airport, she at the last minute switched to a flight to go to Vienna, Austria, because she, you know, I don't know if you remember um, earlier in the year, uh, like Belarusian Secret Service hijacked a Ryan yeah. Air flight to take a dissident journalist to Belarus. Oh. And she was like, I'm not about to have that shit happen to me either. So she got on this other flight. And the other thing is, this is another just freaky part of it. From the Daily Beast quote, she will also have been unnerved by news that a Ukraine-based dissident whose organization helped her husband flee Belarus had been found hanged in a Kiev park. <gasps> oh, yeah, I heard that. And they were trying to say it was like a suicide, but it was clearly like a... But they officially said it's a suicide or a murder designed to look like a suicide. It's like, well, then it's a like, murder. <laughs> sure, They also said that, that she had mental... Like, I think they were trying to... The official narrative was that she had like mental health issues. And she was like, I didn't... I was clear to come here and no doctor saw me. It's yeah. like the most telling is when they tried to appeal to her by saying like, well, something will happen to us because it's like, well, if you don't think it's scary there, why would it be scary for you? And right, right. like mm -hmm. she keeps saying it's not political. And the more that she says that, the more they're mad, because in these kinds of situations, dictatorships, it's what you don't say. Like yeah. everyone's so afraid of speaking the truth that just by not saying anything, you're saying like when you get to the point when by saying nothing, you're saying the truth because there's nothing else you can say. It's mm -hmm. so obvious how bad things are that the government is literally like, just like, don't talk at all. And you're like, okay, so you don't even think there's a chance I would say something good, which sp right. says more about how you view yourself than. Why? What you insecure about? You think, you think some fuck shit is going on over here? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, don't just don't say anything. Weird. Yeah. It's, it, it really feels like the plot from like a thriller film, but this is, mm -hmm. this is the world we're in. Yeah. And there's many governments like that too, that are, you know, crushed dissent in the same way. But mm -hmm. ultimately they said. Uh, even though she's going to Vienna, she will be going to Poland. And yeah, it's just, there's so much happening at <sighs> so the Olympics. Scary. Like that has nothing to do with the Olympics right. this time. It's like there's so, such a delicate, like these dictators and these forces of power know how like scammy everything is that if one piece falls off, then everything falls apart. And so they can't risk someone getting away. Like just even the idea of like, oh, you can go represent your country in the Olympics and then you're, you can escape and be free the fact that you would want to be free 
is very mm-hmm. telling. And so, yeah. like, I don't even know if, like, I mean, honestly, I part of me hopes that she was trying to get out from the beginning, but it does sound like maybe she slipped up and and then had to get out. But I would be surprised if some people were like, maybe I'll have a chance to just like seek asylum while I'm abroad. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, the I think Olympics are wrapping up soon. But uh, what an eventful couple <sighs> what weeks. a time. Um, all right, let's take another break. Keep the lights on, pay some bills, and we'll talk about TikTok stuff after this. <laughs> and we're back. And, you know, speaking of TikTok uh, and TikTok trends, you know, I'm up on all the trends, obviously. You're very like, young. You're very hip. I'm yeah. so young, y'all. I mean, it's like wild. I always get ID'd, uh, you know, when I buy cigarettes and candy cigarettes and things like that. Uh, I don't smoke cigarettes. Anyway, I do keep my eye on TikTok. And by that, I mean, I do look at all the headlines about TikTok. And right now, the thing that is really trending it sounds like the new Tide Pods is eating frozen honey in mm. that it is a it's very similar because it's a challenge that's popular, but has some uh, shitty side effects. Just so you know, on NBC News, they just sort of looked into it. Uh, at the time of the writing of the article, there were 667 million views under the hashtag frozen honey hashtag and 89.7 million views for the hashtag frozen honey challenge tag. And every video is kind of the same thing. Someone shows off some honey and takes a huge bite. And I just want to play just a video for everybody so you can understand what this looks like. Um, Because it's... Oh, gosh. I mean, it looks like motherfuckers just eating a bunch of honey. And I don't understand what the fucking appeal is. Like Pooh Bear. (laughs) So this video um, is from at Avery Cyrus. And the the caption under it is BRB. Gotta go get my stomach pumped. And I'm like, what? And this is her eating frozen honey. Thing apparently it's supposed to be super satisfying. Let's do it. Okay, it's just frozen honey, and you have to squeeze it out. Oh, that looks so cool. It does look cool. That is a big ass bite of honey, but not oh, appetizing. Oh, oh my god, it's like a pop. As soon as you take a bite, it starts melting. Oh, mm, I feel the gum. It looks That's like just, she's, she's eating so much sugar. Oh gosh, a lot of sugar. It's so much sugar, right? And you're like, you're looking at that. You're like, what the fuck are y'all doing? That is just a bunch of, this is a big hunk of fucking honey you're just eating. There's <laughs> nothing interesting about this, except you're just eating a bunch of sugar in a different form. Now, to be this fair, is where, we did like grow up when literal yeah. extra large soda, like things were sold on the schoolyard. Oh, like of course. But cents. like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were. But that wasn't presented to us in the form of a challenge. That was just like no, the insidiousness of our like, yeah, yeah totally. food, food culture. Was like, yeah, man, kids need sixty-four ounces of high fructose corn syrup. What yeah, the fuck Slim are you talking Jims, about? you know, buy them at the student store. Like, yeah, uh, eat this totally uh, Raven's Revenge, which was basically just sugar in a fucking test tube that was colored, and you're like, oh, it's a cool flavor. You're like, dude, you're just eating a just a thing of sugar right now. Um, but yes, yeah, it all comes. Look, this all comes in cycles. But the difference here is that. Like you all said, that's a lot of sugar. And a lot of people, many health experts are saying like, you know, small amounts of honey, not a health concern. Eating a fifth or more of a bottle of honey at a time can be a sugar overload. A registered dietitian who just like interviewed for this article said, quote, honey is great, but having it in small amounts to sweeten is really a healthy relationship with food (laughs) and using it to get a lot of followers and a lot of attention and having it in excess amounts is 
crazy. Not the best choice of words there. But then she says about, they go on to say, one in three people has dietary fructose intolerance. So that's called, I guess called fructose malabsorption, which means the cells in the intestines don't absorb fructose the way they should, causing gastrointestinal distress, meaning cramps, meaning diarrhea, meaning all kinds of toilet stuff that you don't want. (laughs) And on top of that, maybe even pulling out some fillings and things, because a lot of these people would do it and afterwards be like, don't do it, man. Like I just pooped for like seven days straight. Like I, and clearly these people are probably falling in the category of the fructose malabsorption. Yeah. Um, but they like some people are just, just like doing colors where they're like, oh, this one's purple. It's like you just put purple food dye in honey. That's in not anything. Sugar, different. and then you ate oh, it, God. and then you sh- and then you shot a bunch. <laughs> Poor bees. I mean, the bees are still endangered, right? Yeah. Yeah. And here we are, just eating chomping on their gobs of honey i mean i don't know what how it relates to the other but i know they don't want to see that i don't know if that's what how they want to see their work just be absolutely disrespected i I mean i've seen b movie and i can safely say that no that is not what the bees want we used to okay here if any gen z kids want to eat something frozen and this is what this is gonna make me sound so old but we used to freeze grapes and then there's a delicious frozen treat delicious (laughs) get a get a little bunch of green grapes Pop them in the freezer. That's Ooh, what we used to a do. nice little little frozen. The texture is so yummy. You could you could just sprinkle a little sugar on it if you want. But like just the grape itself, beautiful texture. Chomp chomp chomp. Yeah. If you if you freeze a banana, blend it with some like peanut butter and chocolate. Bam, you've got oh. some vegan uh, ice cream. Yeah. Oh, yummy. Look at us. <laughs> See, children, you don't have to have diarrhea on TikTok for followers. That's what are we doing, kids? We don't need to do all that. Yeah, a lot of people were just kind of, again, everyone was like, this is really bad. It's it's messing up my body and w- what are we going to do? But they say like a lot of experts are just warning, like, please think about this. You don't want to just ha- like have a huge risk with your just sort of short sightedness of wanting to get a lot of followers. They just think like this is not going to be good for people with health conditions and they might discover very quickly that that could happen. That being said, that something like that would make me want to do it more if I was a kid. Like someone going, "Don't I mean, do this for the followers." Like I'd be like, "Well, fuck you!" Like it's like getting on the roller don't coaster. Don't tell me what for- to do. You're not yeah. my dad. Like, I'm my like, how many followers like- you got? You're like, oh, maybe 98. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You talking like somebody with 98 followers? <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to get to 40k, motherfucker. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it, and like I'll be real. When I see that, it is appealing. Like I wonder what that's like. Is because you know it's gooey <laughs> and it's frozen, but. I'm also, as I get older, I know what a lot of sugar does to me too. And then Mm. part of me, I'm like, oh, that's where reality has come into focus. I'm like, I like it, but I'm actually old enough now and have fucked with my body around enough to know that I shouldn't do that. (laughs) But please let us know how it tastes. Maybe the (laughs) way we can stop these trends is if all of us uncool, and I'm not like, you know what, you guys are cool. I'm just saying like, you know, Gen Z doesn't think we're cool. If we all... Suddenly we're like, oh, yeah, let's hop on this trend. Like, boom. And then it's like all these like mm-hmm. older millennials doing it. They would immediately be like, oh, this isn't cool anymore. It's like yeah. the side part. That's or, how we yeah. stop them. And we, we fake have, it. Mm-hmm. We, fake oh, it. we have to like, sacrifice ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We're like cheeky body cleanse. Yeah. Eat the frozen honey. <laughs> and then you clear your intestines out. It's so yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah. Y'all like I feel like I'm glowing. I'm adulting by getting frozen honey and just <laughs> diarrhea. Y'all with my red wine and Harry Potter posters. Are you for real right now? Hashtag avocado toast. Um, yeah, it maybe that is the key. I feel Good, like we. Yeah. It's like is when my like mom a- started calling sandals thongs, and then I was like, oh, 
<laughs> but that's like Ow. what they used to call them. Yeah, but the exactly. thong song came out. She'd be like, "Oh, you guys wearing thongs to the pool?" I'm like, and you're like, no, wait, what, <laughs> no, you, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, if if we have to undertake a generational experiment and say like <gasps> the next big Gen Z thing, we try and just make it so, just make it untenable for the youth, where they're like, these fucking people took the one good thing. Like on fleek, like it's going to destroy what white people. Did to on fleek, <laughs> it's going to destroy the entire millennial generation because we're not going. I mean, like the hell. I mean, these kids are young and they're still like shitting themselves. Like our thirty-five, like our like mid-thirties bodies will just like collapse instantly. Gone, but... gone. <laughs> Honestly, I can't think of a better way for our entire generation to just disappear by like. Right, <laughs> trying to do something good and totally doing it the wrong way. The like wrong it is way. very much the millennial way. <laughs> God, yeah. So I don't know the TikTok trends; they're truly out there. Um, one other thing I just wanted to point out is the succulent trade in South Africa. Apparently, there's a black market for succulents Ooh. that is a popping off. I was reading this article in the New York Times, where obviously we're all in California. Succulents are like currency you know people love succulents mm-hmm. and also there's like a boom with succulents because like for a lot of people it's like i can't keep a normal plant alive but a succulent i can give just about the amount of water i'm i'm sort of have the wherewithal to do and i can keep it alive <laughs> and i feel good about myself and then uh the pandemic only made like indoor plants and like the maintenance like low maintenance plants like super popular but underneath yeah. that all was like a bubbling exotic succulent market that was like super illegal. Right now, like the hashtag for succulent has like over 12 million images out there. But South Africa is very interesting because it's home to about a third of the world's succulent species. So like it's a mm. popping all. Like if you were into the succulents, you need to check out South Africa. Um, and there's one very popular species called the Conophytum. And it's become so fucking big that... It, it's, it's it's caused like international illegal trade and before uh the pandemic they said like a lot of people who would get caught like sort of stealing or smuggling uh succulents out of south africa they said were primarily chinese and korean passport holders because the the fees they could get for these plants were like astronomical but <laughs> since the pandemic has forced restrictions on travel these foreign buyers have been hiring like locals to do all the poaching and like they give these people like GPS coordinates and they're like, OK, go there. They're growing here. Here's what you need to do. Send them back like this. And this shift has like brought like conservation authorities uh, in the country into all out battle with all these young unemployed people who are like incentivized to grab these plants to essentially find, a, you know, it's like one of their few financial recourses that that are available to them. And the surge in poaching has like gotten to the point where. Like when authorities confiscate these illegal plants, they give them to like local greenhouses and nurseries to be like, hopefully you can replant these and things like that. But they're like, we have so many. If we replanted them, we would just inundate an an entire area with one species of succulent and that'll fuck up all the biodiversity. So like we're, we're receiving plants at a rate that we can't even fucking replant and it's only speeding up. Anyway, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to bring that up because I didn't realize it was that big. The thing that happens is the internet just allows people to just see like pretty succulents mm. and what it's called. And half the time, like you'll see shit on Amazon. This is from this article in the New York Times uh, that said, quote, a recent study by the Convention of International Trade and Endangered Species, basically they combat illegal wildlife trade, 
They found some 365 endangered medicinal plants being sold openly on Amazon and oh eBay. God. So, yeah. like, Whoa. the thing is, too, we have, like, this weird blind spot where people just go, oh, they're plants. Cool. Plants aren't illegal. They're plants. Like, it's not drugs. And <laughs> unwittingly are, like, actually like, contributing to, like, this illegal succulent trade. Drugs are made um, wild. plants. Almost everything is. That's, like, um the the internet popularity of certain things and the speed right. of which it spreads has been like a pro- I've heard that for products too like it'll just be like random things like oh this one lip gloss and some influencers like I love this and then the entire target will be so- sold out of it everywhere right. I think um yeah we're definitely not there's like almost two models of advertising happening right now there's like the old way and then there's like this really rapid spread way now that's we can't right. handle <laughs> consumers can't handle it. yeah we're very on the internet people like and i get it like if you if you start looking through a gallery of like people's landscaping or whatever and it's like oh those are beautiful because there are people who are like buying them in the thousands oh gosh whoa and like and they'll find them in like little plantlings and like they they get confiscated in the mail and things like that but succulents man is this an instance that might speed up uh that might be bullish for 3d printing because i feel like if we're just going after trendy appearances this could be a huge win for 3d printing because imagine if you're like i like how that looks on tiktok i don't know what it is print yeah here here yeah a 3d modeling company can can quickly create a pattern for something that viral and you just print it Hmm. out i mean maybe that Hmm. is that that could be where we're headed and then uh then we could all have very exotic plants i would actually print out like a full uh tyrannosaurus rex skeleton That would be sick just to have that in your because like I don't care if it's real, but like just for the the magic. What if everyone it, on your street did that though? And then they I would get so mad. I would be like, you, are you three oh hold on, Rick? Are you also 3D printing a fucking T-Rex? <laughs> God damn it. I have my shit looking so good. And you know, and look, Caitlin and I, we we know we have a love for Jurassic Park. Mm, so true. obviously I love Jurassic it's good. You do as well? I have a I have a crop top. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but I do have one. But I love dress. <laughs> I, got a, I got a T-Rex crop top. I, t- I, t- I mean, my name is Tere- I don't know. None of these things mean anything. But in my mind, I've always like loved T-Rexes because I, I don't know. I, because my name is Teresa. T-Rexa? T- yeah. T- yeah. T-Rex, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and do you know the movie Jurassic Park fairly well, Teresa, if I asked you about it? Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the last scene where they're in the visitor center and the raptors are seemingly have our our heroes backs against the wall and it looks like all is lost. And then out of nowhere, the motherfucking T-Rex comes through Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. saves the day. Caitlin and I discussed this. Where the (laughs) fuck did that T-Rex come from? That's the one, that's the one thing I take issue. We call, what do we call that? Deus Rex Machina. Deus Rex Machina. Yeah. Happy to have coined that. I like that. That's the one unbelievable (laughs) part of that movie. Yeah. For me, I was all on board. Yes, Until I'll then. suspend my disbelief for every other thing. You know, I didn't believe there was a female doctor. You know, that part didn't really accept. <laughs> doctor Ellie? No. What is this? This is propaganda. What is it? We got to get this off the screen. <laughs> All right. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Zeitgeist. It's been a tremendous pleasure. And where can people find you and follow you and hear you, watch you? Uh, and what's the tweet that you like? Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you can follow me at Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram uh, and at Larissa T on Twitter. Also, I will be I will be crowdfunding for my short film. Not yet. Probably in two weeks. So follow me and okay. I, I will definitely spam all of you. Um, oh, here's the tweet. Is Amy Silverberg tweeted this and I thought it was funny. Last night in bed, I whispered into my boyfriend's ear, I'm worried the world is coming to an end. And he said, there are mashed potatoes in the fridge. 
<laughs> I, just, I enjoyed that. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> Caitlin! Thank you so much. Uh, oh, urinal my tit pleasure. dance. Um, the hashtag <laughs> urinal tit dance craze is going up on TikTok. Congratulations uh, on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, where can people find you and follow you, listen to you, learn from you, and what's a tweet that you like? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can check out uh, the podcast I co-host with Jamie Loftus called The Bechtel Cast, in which we examine movies through an intersectional feminist lens. You can uh, take screenwriting classes that I teach, which you can find out more information about at CaitlinDurante.com slash classes. Um, mm -hmm. And a tweet. I forgot to really find something good, but here's something I just retweeted from uh, at Paddington Bear, who <laughs> does follow me. I am one of 105 followers of Paddington Bear on Twitter. I take a lot of pride in that. And wow. I know. he Damn. Paddington Bear has over 200,000 followers. He only follows 105 mm -hmm. And I'm one of them. Wow. What is so. that? What is the handle for Paddington Bear? Just at Paddington Bear. Oh, okay. I, damn. How do I? Get... <laughs> Pretty simple. Oh, and and Paddington's verified. Fuck. Of course he's verified. He. <laughs> hundred five people that you uh, the only people I know is uh, Paddington's following you and Stephen Fry. Oh uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and Liam Gallagher. <laughs> That's <laughs> and so many many other people and the royal I, family. Interesting. I feel very special. Um, Paddington you know just says it's time for a cup of tea and a slice of cake and oh. is he wrong no so cute. beautiful 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 you love to see it this is just a reminder that everyone should see paddington and paddington too yes and next time when the full crew is together we will have seen it all between Amazing. jack and i um let's see some tweets that i like uh this is from brody reed a past guest wonderful mm -hmm. guest at ao bro bro Following the news from Forbes saying that Rihanna is now officially a billionaire, at uh, mm. Aobrobo tweeted, pains me to say that Rihanna should not exist <laughs> <laughs> since she is now a billionaire. Mm. Um, and then another one of, on that same thread, uh, Aida at Shut Up Aida said, oh shit, Rihanna billionaire now. I know y'all said eat the rich, but is there any chance you were talking about pussy? Uh, because a lot of people are having trouble with putting Rihanna down. Um, and another one is from at your analog buddy. It's a picture oh, of man. Grimes and what do you call it? Um, Elon uh, Musk. Elon Musk. I, I don't. I like look at him and I'm like, what the fuck's this fucking <laughs> turd's name? Um, Grimes and Elon Musk together, like I think at an airport, and it says improv teacher and the student he is dating. Oh my god! Oh. I know. Yeah, that's Dan Glazer. Funny New York. Oh, mm. shout out to Dang Laser, Dan Glazer. Um, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I think that's mostly for improv people because, like, that immediately evokes something for like a very specific example. And this other one, I just because it made me laugh so much. It's just so stupid, but it's um, it's an image. So I apologize for describing this on a podcast, but it's a reclining couch that has like a cup holder in it and one of those like oh console God. lids and these people are like like putting it on a car so the the cup holders and the console lid looks like a mouth that's screaming on the couch and it's just yeah. like put me down put me down put me down <laughs> um wonderful wonderful you can find me at miles of gray on twitter and instagram 
you know what? Fuck it. If you want to check out the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, we talk 90 day there. Okay, so check that out. Also, um, check out the Daily Zeitgeist at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page. I don't I don't know if you know that. That's where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Okay. Notes. Thank you, Kaylin. Powerful, welcome. powerful. I love that. <laughs> and obviously, Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the app or wherever you get your free podcasts. Just go there. There, you know, because they're, they're free. So, what shall we write out on, you ask? Well, I want to go out on a remix, a bit of an esoteric remix, but you know, that's that's who I am. It's by Jared Jackson, and it's called Players Bop, and in parentheses, one for JD. This is uh, based off the track Players, which I believe is a Slum Village song. Um, but Jay Dill is one of my favorite producers, and this, in, like, this remix is sort of like a sped up, uh, you know, it's a bop, so it's wonderful. So check out Jared Jackson, Players Bop. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back later to tell you what's trending. Until then, thank you, and thank you all for listening. Please take care of yourselves, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye-bye.